How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 62 of The Way of the Wolf. This is going to be a fun episode. I'm going to be talking about how to start a podcast. I've been getting this request from a number of people and friends have been kind of reaching out to me, seeking guidance on this topic. And I thought it might be beneficial just to create an episode on it so that I can refer people to it in the future. I am going to nerd out on this episode. So you have been warned. Also want to say that I am by no means an expert, but over the past 14 months, I've done a lot of trial and error and trying to figure things out and see what works and what doesn't. And I'm going to share all of the things that I've learned over the past 14 months. Now, before we get into this, this particular episode will probably be better viewed or listened to on the YouTube channel because I'm going to be showing pictures and well actually be showing you some of the equipment that I use and as I'm talking through it it may be beneficial for you to visualize and see see what we're going through so I've created a subdomain it's youtube.thewayofthewolf.com please go check out that link subscribe really help me out leave reviews engage all of that good stuff it's fun all right, now, all of that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this. Whenever you come to the realization or start thinking about creating content or creating a podcast or a YouTube channel, there's some steps that you want to take. And, and I'm going to start going through all of those steps. First, you've got to pick a topic that you can commit to. Now, some guidance that comes to mind for me here is picking a topic that you are passionate about and that you have a wealth of knowledge on and are very comfortable speaking about because if the purpose of your show is going to be talking about a given topic or in a specific domain, you want to make sure that you don't really run out of content and we're going to talk about the formatting of your shows. But the big thing is just making sure it's something that you're comfortable with. One of the things I've, I've come to realize is if you sit down and make a list of, hey, what are the first 25 episodes going to be comprised of? And maybe you just create a, a different topic or subtopic within your domain that you want to speak on. And if you can't make it through 25 episodes, maybe you only get to 10 and you start running out of ideas and, and trying to figure out, hey, I'm... What is something else I can talk about? Maybe reconsider. Maybe think about a, a different area that you want to focus your messaging on. That's going to be pretty important because if you start thinking about consistency and doing this week after week or every two weeks or whatever your intervals are, you want to make sure that you can talk through these topics without having to repeat yourself or your audience is probably going to kind of get bored. Next, you want to pick the name of your podcast. For me, The Way of the Wolf just resonated. If you go back to the very first or second episode, I talk a little bit about why I chose the name, The Way of the Wolf. So go check that out if you haven't. Next, you want to think about the format of the show. Now, the format is going to be comprised of a few different things. What is the frequency of your show releases. You're going to do it daily, weekly, twice a week. Whatever you decide on, do your best to try to stick to that so that the audience knows 
when to expect the next show to come out. A lot of times people will just kind of bake it in. So for this show, it's every every Tuesday morning is when these episodes are released. And what I see is this huge spike on the first day of listeners, and then it kind of tapers off throughout the rest of the week. I can assume that all the listeners and people that are watching this on YouTube just know, hey, Tuesday mornings, that's when the show is going to come out. So try to pick a, a an interval that you can stick to and then just stick to it from there on out. Another thing to think about on, on the format is it just going to be you talking about a topic. There's pros and cons to that approach. It can get a little challenging because you have to carry the episode in its entirety on your own. Another format is to have guests come on where you can interview those guests. Those seem to flow a little bit easier because there's less pressure on the host. You can ask questions of your guests. You can have them come on that are maybe experts in their field and talk through different topics. So that seems to be received well. Or maybe you have two hosts where you've got, or three, you've got multiple hosts that talk about sports. And then you can talk about the football game or basketball or whatever. Whenever you have a host and a co-host, it makes it easy for that conversation to flow back and forth and seems to be a little bit more engaging. Once you've got that taken care of, you want to pick out your artwork. This is something that for, for this show, it's very simple and basic. It's just the Wolfhead logo and the, the name of the show down at the bottom. I have some, some photography or some, I guess, photographs that were taken recently. And I'm probably going to start putting something together where I've got my logo and a picture of me maybe here in the studio, something like that. In any event, you want to get something that, that speaks to you and is powerful and impactful. For me, I like things that are very simplistic, and that's why I just have the Wolfhead logo. Next, I want to get into purchasing the equipment. Now, this is something, this is the part of this episode that I'm going to nerd out on in front of all of you, and I don't even care. So you can go way overkill. You can go way down a rabbit hole whenever you start buying equipment. Initially, I did a lot of testing with different microphones, trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. I even tried out a few different audio interfaces. And over the past 14 months, I have just kind of accumulated different microphones that I like the way it picked up my voice or I like certain aspects of them and I just didn't end up returning them. So I'm going to go through some of this stuff. The mic that I normally record on is a Shure SM7B. Now this is like a premier microphone. It's way overkill, but I, I really like this. This is something you see a lot of kind of pro-level podcasters and people on, on YouTube using. Very expensive mic for good reason. It picks up the audio quality, sounds fantastic. Really like this mic, and it's, it's clean and sleek, looks fantastic. So I've got a few other microphones I'm just going to show for all of you. This is the Rode PodMic. It's very small, condensed. I actually like to use this whenever I'm traveling because it's just it's easier to, to carry around with you. Picks up audio very nicely. Uh, it doesn't pick up the, the lows quite as well as the Shure, but I do like it. Very uh, compact. It's actually a pretty cheap microphone, if I remember correctly, like 100 bucks, something like that. 
Now I've got the Rode Procaster. This is a really nice microphone. I've flipped back and forth between this Procaster and the Shure microphone. Uh, I like them both for different reasons. This seems to pick up audio levels without having to turn the, the gain on the audio interface up quite as high. Really nice microphone. That one's a few hundred bucks. Um, again, this is all very overkill. I'm going to here in just a few moments, talk a little bit about what you really need to get into it. Audio interface. This is a Scarlett 2i2. Pretty small, compact, easy to carry around with you if you need to. I started out with this one. I've got the 8i8 now that I normally record with in the studio. This is a portable Zoom H6 audio recorder, which is pretty nice because you just load the SD card in there, you hook up the XLR cables and your microphone, and this is usually kind of my travel setup. I've got the pod mic and the Zoom H6. Works out really well for, for traveling and picking up good audio. On the video side of things, I started out just using my cell phones, which actually the, the cameras on cell phones work really well, quite frankly. I switched over to a GoPro. I don't remember which version of GoPro this is. Uh, the 9. Hero 9 Black, I think. These actually work out pretty well. Uh, low light doesn't do as, as good as the camera that I'm using now. Um, it's probably on par with the cell phones, if I would have to guess. The thing that I don't like about the GoPros is that it actually breaks it up into 4 gig segments. So editing can be a little bit clunky whenever you do that. The cameras that I record on here in the studio, it's a Canon Vixia HFG50. I actually saw this on the Joe Rogan podcast. I think they use G40s, but I decided, hey, if it's good enough for them, it'll be good enough for me. All right, so you can go all out on the, the equipment which is obvious that I've, I've probably spent way too much money on this stuff along the way. Again, I kind of geek out on it. it. Is what it is. I don't really care. Okay. What you need as far as the basics to get this stuff done. Quite frankly, if you have a cell phone and the Apple ear pods that that come with it. I like to use the cable because the microphone picks up a little bit cleaner than than the wireless AirPods. That's really all you need. I have to say that the audio quality on these are surprisingly good for as cheap as they are using this and a cell phone works out really well. If you want to be a little bit extra, you can get a, a Rode SmartLav microphone like this picks up audio a little bit cleaner and it has a nice little clip on it so you can have a little, look a little bit more professional if you're doing video. Really, once you have that, and a computer does make things easier for editing purposes, but if you have a cell phone for recording video and audio and then have some editing software, I like to use GarageBand just because it comes on the Mac. I think GarageBand, I think, I think you can actually use it on your cell phone. And then you can use iMovie on your cell phone once again. I mean, if everybody listening to this has a cell phone. So there's really the, the, the barriers to entry from a hardware perspective are really next to nothing. Next step is finding a hosting service. This is basically 
where you will upload all of your audio and then it will propagate it out to all of the audio platforms. There's a, a, a lot of these platforms that are available. I personally use Podbean, came across, got good reviews in, in my initial research. Another really popular one is Libsyn, Anchor, Buzzsprout. You can just Google podcast hosting. There's a lot of different platforms out there. You, you can expect to pay anywhere from eight to 15 bucks a month for hosting the platform. And then what it does is it pushes it out to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you want it to go, it, it actually just pushes it out all of those places for you so that everything's consistent across all the platforms, no matter where your listeners like to listen. All right, let's get into recording the episodes. I try to stay two to three weeks ahead in recording because inevitably something will come up on a weekend and I can't quite get to recording a show. It just gives you a little bit of a buffer. Sometimes I'll get five to six weeks ahead. Sometimes I'll be doing it two days before the launch date, but I, I strive to get a few weeks ahead. That seems to work well. On the editing side of things, I, I don't really do a lot of editing. I might clean up the lighting in the video just a little bit, maybe boost the volume or pull it down, depending on if I have a guest and we need to adjust it. Other than that, I don't really do a lot of editing. Now, I will say in the beginning, the first five to eight episodes, I was doing a lot of editing. I was cutting out filler words, splicing together and cleaning up long pauses, things like that. But for me, whenever I was listening to it, I struggled because I could hear the differences in pitch, tonality, things like that. Most people don't really pick up on that stuff, but something to be aware of. If you start splicing and cutting and, me and meshing things together, it's not going to flow quite as smooth. Unless you have a really good editor that's doing the editing. I've been doing all of the editing myself fumbling my way through it. So what I have found is it's beneficial just to do one long contiguous cut and just clean it up on, on the back end. All right. Now the formatting of the show, I like to have an outline with kind of an opener, the body, and then the closing. And I usually just kind of have four or five bullets in each little section. And then I just speak to each of those bullets each bullet maybe has three to five words to jog my memory on it. But what I have found over the past year or so is if I end up putting together sentences of things that I want to cover, I find myself reading word for word what I've written down as opposed to just seeing three to five words, jogging my memory, and then speaking from the heart. I found that to flow a little bit better whenever I take that approach. Once you've got all that stuff taken care of, upload the episodes. You upload it to Podbean or whatever your platform of choice is. Go ahead and take some show notes. That's something that I've started doing recently. And I think it's beneficial that actually a lot of podcasters will say you have to have show notes. I haven't done a lot of show notes, but I'm starting to get better at it and working on trying to figure out, okay, what's the most impactful way to add show notes, maybe have little chapters or timestamps of key information that's relevant so that people can fast forward straight to that point on the track or on the YouTube channel. 
Next, you want to let everybody know. This is something that I did not do very well because I am very introverted. I've talked about that a lot. Social media, oh, I, I am not good at it. It takes everything I have to be able to post and figure out content and and put stories out there. And it, oh, it's just something that I really struggle with. And in recent months, I've been getting more comfortable with it, trying to trying to get better about it. But if you're not advertising, if you're not pushing it out there, nobody's going to know. It doesn't matter how good your content is, how powerful your messaging is. If nobody knows about it, it doesn't matter. Early on, I was okay with that because, quite frankly, <laughs> the first few episodes, the first few weeks, well, let's just be honest, they weren't that great. And I didn't want tons of people out there seeing me at my worst, at my most vulnerable state. Which is a good segue into a few tips. Whenever you start this out, it's not going to be good. That's life. Anytime you start something new, you're not going to be good at it. And that is okay. What I have found, the more you do it, the more reps you get in, the better you get. And what's interesting about this is the listeners that I've had from the very beginning still to this day will reach out to me and share their thoughts and how motivating it is for them to see the growth that has occurred in me over the past year. And that's what the show is all about, becoming the best version of ourselves. When you start out, it's going to be scary. You're, you're, you're going to freak out. That's okay. That's normal. That's part of growth. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and keep moving forward. Supporters of the show, friends, family, they're going to be your best friend. They're your, your biggest advocate. You want to do everything you can to support them. If they send in show requests, make an episode about it. If they want you to cover certain topics, cover those topics. I've also seen where, well, actually, probably six months or so ago, I was asking for feedback and ideas, and I had a whole bunch of shirts made. I said, hey, if you send me an idea, I'll send you away the wolf shirt. No fees. I paid for shipping. I paid for the shirt, paid for everything. It was just a way of showing my appreciation to those people that were engaging, sharing their ideas, sharing their thoughts. So those people that are your biggest supporters, support them. One thing that does come up a lot is how to make money with podcasting. I've always spoken about this show will always be free. I have no intention of monetizing this show because my focus is trying to help people out. Now, as I look at all of this equipment and all of the money that I have spent, it probably would be nice to make some money off of this show. But at the end of the day, I don't care. My focus is trying to get a message out there and help people grow. That's really all I'm worried about. All of that being said, monetization is important to a lot of people, whether it's a side hustle or they want to do this full time. That's fantastic. So I'm going to touch through a few things that I've learned about monetization 
advertising is the big thing. If you have commercials or you talk about certain products or or things like that, that that that's usually one of the easiest ways to make money from your shows. You can also get sponsors or partner with different businesses that will sponsor the show and, and pay you for for advertising and things like that. I'm not going to go too deep into that topic. There is a plethora of information out on the internet. You can just Google how to monetize your podcast. You will be inundated with all sorts of information and guidance. That's not something that that really interests me, and I don't really know a lot about it, so I'm not going to go any deeper into that topic. Let's talk about a few myths. First one being, you have to be a natural-born communicator or speaker. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. We had Josiah on the show recently, and we talked about there are people that are very gifted, whether it's in speaking, in leadership, in athletics. That's all well and good. There's also a lot of people that are not gifted, but put in the reps. They put in the effort. They research. They learn. They practice, 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 and they get better. I'm very comfortable in saying that I fall into that latter group. A lot of people will say, hey, you're, you're, you're a natural at this stuff. And, and I hear that feedback. And while I truly appreciate it, I am not a natural. This is, I still get anxiety and my heart rate jumps up. I don't have my Apple watch on. I, I still get anxiety and, and my nerves are going through the roof every time I, I hit that record button. It doesn't always show because I've gotten comfortable with this just from practicing and doing the reps. Another myth is you have to do create your show in some sort of large niche. While that can be beneficial to grow your audience base, I would say follow your passion, do what you love. That messaging is going to come through, whether it's just an audio format or video also follow what you love talk about what you love if it's creating flavored popcorn great i have no doubt there's a huge subset of the population or a subset of the population that is all sorts of interested in how to create flavored popcorn follow your passion do what you love Also, there's this misconception that you have to have a big following to get started. You don't. You you really don't. Now, I will say if you don't have a big follower base or you don't have a big platform to stand on in terms of of your social media presence, you're probably not going to get a lot of followers early on. And that can be demoralizing. There have been times when I've thought, oh, man. Especially early on, like, well, crap, I only got 12 downloads. That kind of sucks. That's okay. What I've come to, to realize over the year is for those shows that, that only had 20, 30 downloads or, or less downloads than some of the others, if the messaging in there positively impacted one person's life, then it was all worth it. Which speaks to the importance of what are your intentions behind doing this? People can see, people can hear what what your intentions are behind creating the content. As with, with 
many aspects of life. If you go to a, a car dealership and you have a car salesman that is just trying to sell you the car, he doesn't care what you want. He's just trying to get his commission check. You can pick up on that. Likewise, or, or the opposite of that is if you have somebody who's really working with you, trying to help you out, figure out exactly what your needs are and going above and beyond, people will pick up on that as well. All right, some final thoughts before we get into the closing. I've already touched on this. When you start out, it's going to suck. Now, not always, but there is a high probability that it's not going to be that good. I had Phil Swanson come on last year, and one of the things that we touched on is how he was a natural. Before he came on, I started listening to a few of his shows his very first episode, I was like, are you kidding me? He comes on, knocks it out of the park. It was just phenomenal how his show started out. Not everybody's like that, and that's okay. Don't worry about having perfect production quality. If your audio is a little out of whack, if your video is not quite right, that doesn't matter. Focus on the impact that you're trying to make. Focus on the messaging. I think the best example that I can come across whenever I see this is Gary Vaynerchuk. All the content that he creates or a lot of the content, it's just him talking into a cell phone with his AirPods. And the knowledge that he drops and how impactful that information is, it's wild. So don't get hung up on perfection in terms of production quality. Focus on helping people out and impacting people's lives. Now, when we talk about the messaging, there's some big primary areas that you want to focus on, either education or entertainment. Those are two areas that you're going to find will be most beneficial and will help increase your followers, your listeners. If you're focusing on those two things, you're probably going to be doing something right. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up now. In closing, if any of you have any questions, feel free to contact me, leave a comment on the video, shoot me an email, Sean at the Way of the Wolf. I love having these conversations. Feel free to reach out. I am going to ask again for a favor. Since I'm never going to monetize the show, no intentions of commercials or anything like that, if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel for me, it would really help me out. YouTube.TheWayTheWolf.com. Go check it out. Like, subscribe, share. I just really want to get the message out there. Overall, I hope this helps. This ended up being a little bit longer than I thought it was going to at first, but I did get pretty excited. I nerded out. Y'all saw a different side of me on the show this week, but it is what it is. Thank you all so much for listening, and y'all have a good one.